As a marketing leader, we know your time is valuable, which is why we're thrilled you're spending it with us to get all the insights and advice you need from CMO Convo. Self-reflection can be a powerful tool both personally and professionally, especially when you're a leader. We're back with Stacey Danheiser, CMO and founder of Shake Marketing, to share how you can run a self-assessment of your CMO role and what it and your team contribute to your organization. Tune in and find out how and why great marketing leaders need to look within. Hi, Stacey. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to have you back on the show, Stacey. Um, the, your episode uh, last time, it proved to be incredibly popular. In fact, it was our, our top of our Spotify wrapped for 2022. So very excited to have you back on the show. Yes. Well, thank you. And I was excited to hear that. I, I shared with you that my teenagers, you know, would not believe that somehow my name made it onto somebody else's Spotify wrapped. So it was a, a highlight for sure of the year. You can win all these marketing accolades, but at the end of the day, what do teenagers care about? It's Spotify wrapped. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Stacey, we're going to be talking about a great topic today. We're going to be talking about doing a self-assessment as a CMO, really taking a look at your role and function within the business. But before we get into that, maybe you could sort of reintroduce yourselves to the audience, tell us a bit about yourself and what you've been doing for the past year since we last spoke to you. Yes, yes. So I'm Stacey Danheiser. I am the founder and CMO of Shake Marketing Group, which is a B2B marketing consultancy. We primarily focus on marketing strategy, uh, helping with voice of customer research, and really aligning marketing and sales teams to be thoughtful about how they're showing up and, and communicating customer value in the market. Um, I'm also the host of Soar Marketing Society and the creator of a brand new um, group coaching and, and training program aimed at aspiring B2B marketing leaders called the Confident Marketer Playbook. And that's really what I've been doing over the past year is, is figuring out how can I help more B2B marketers because I keep hearing the same things over and over, which is, you know, I feel like I'm an order taker. Uh, my team doesn't have the, the the value internally or the respect. We're not really invited to strategic conversations or we don't really have a seat at the table. So all of that, um, I've, I've worked with CEOs and chief revenue officers and, and COOs um, to bridge the gap really between what's happening with marketing and what the C-suite wants. And so I'm, I've turned all of that into a mentorship program to help um, marketing teams really elevate their impact. Great stuff. So sounds like you are perfectly positioned to talk about this topic today. Let's let's start at the top and let's talk about what do we mean by a self-assessment for CMOs? Like what what does that mean? What kind of what what is the goal of it at the end of the day? Yeah, I mean I think it's, you know, it's it's always a good practice. Let's think of um New Year's resolutions as an example where it's we want to create new goals and 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 get excited about what we're working on. But step 1 of that process is usually a reflection, right? And how well things went in the past, what worked, what didn't, what would we change, what would we improve? And that's really the benefit of doing the self-assessment for the marketing team, not only just for the, the CMO position, but also for the whole marketing team is to figure out, you know, a reality check really. And are we doing all of the right things that we we should be to help us get to, you know, what our end state and our goal state is? Um, and so it's, it's giving a path forward of we are here and we want to be, you know, higher up the mountain and how do we get there? And this is really identifying specific steps to get, to get somebody there. 
And then is this something that uh, CMOs should be doing on like a regular basis, or is it, or is it like New Year's resolutions? It's something to take a look at in January when people are feeling the January blues and need to reassess things. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of things. One, at least once a year, right, would be a good um, starting point. But also on top of that would be anytime there's a major change. And so, you know, my background, I, I worked at five different Fortune 500 companies. I went through so many company acquisitions. Um, every single one of those company acquisitions or mergers was an opportunity to reevaluate where you're at because all of a sudden you have new goals, you have new leadership you may have a new set of mandates and that's really the opportunity to figure out, okay, do we, are we properly prepared or do we have gaps to help us achieve those goals? Um, and, and what, what should we be focused on? So you can't really run the same playbook when there's so much change happening. And I think, you know, whether that's you getting a new job or you getting a new boss or a new uh, leadership team, those are always kind of opportunities to go reevaluate where you're at. And and it's not just about looking internally within the marketing team as well. It's looking at, how, at the place, at, at its function and its place within the business and how it relates to other departments. How Absolutely. important is that input from um, from from the other stakeholders? Like, it's not just going to be you running an audit. You're going to need to speak to other parts of the business, surely. Yeah. So when I um, so I've actually created a scorecard called the Confident Marketer Scorecard. And there's really four key areas that we look at. So I'll start there and kind of explain the four, and then we'll talk about how that fits into um, stakeholders. So the first is really about mindset and competency. And so do you have, you know, not only for yourself, but on your team, the right marketing mindset and the right skills and competencies needed? So often what I found is that there is a gap with um, people that, are on the team. And this really helps to say, okay, it's not just a skills gap in terms of, you know, technical skills, but also um, key competencies. Like, do we have somebody that's um, focused on strategy that can really understand the market that really understands customers and competitors and where we fit and how we're positioned in the market. Um, so that's kind of the first, the first piece um, is, is really like mindset and competencies. The second area is around planning. And this is, you know, what foundational work is the marketing team doing before they start executing? So a lot of times, you know, companies are so excited to get marketing leaders in place and a marketing team in place that everybody starts just executing right away. And what I have found, and because again, I'm, I'm typically called in by a CEO or a chief revenue officer who is um, questioning what the marketing team is working on because they're frustrated. There's a disconnect and they're not really sure why. And I always find that it comes back to this planning piece and that there's foundational steps that were skipped, such as customer segmentation, um, positioning, value propositions, um, targeting. Do we have the right ideal customer profile? Is marketing and sales working on the same things? Do we have very clearly aligned marketing goals that tie back to the business? And then finally, do we have an execution plan in place that is setting ourselves up for success? And, you know, just what's interesting is um, I've been doing some of this research again with, with the scorecard and not every, so there's two, two pieces I found interesting. One is um, there was a question on there that, you know, the team has a documented marketing plan and typically 
I find 50% of the people say, yes, we have a document and marketing plan. And the other 50% fall into the, well, somewhat or not at all bucket. So that's, that's one question. And then there's another question that says, we have enough resources on our team to execute this plan. And 99% of marketers say, no, we don't have enough resources to execute the plan. But what's interesting there is, well, who's creating the plan? So one of the elements of planning is, do we have the resources to execute? Or are we just putting a wish list of things together and then we're not thinking about execution and all of a sudden, you know, our budget gets pulled or our people get pulled and the expectation is that we're still going to be doing all of these things in our wish list, but we don't have the resources to execute. So there's a misalignment there um, in terms of in terms of the planning piece. And then the the third bucket is execution. So looking at, you know, is the team focused on the right set of activities and priorities to drive business growth? And this talks about, you know, this goes into a little more about marketing and sales alignment and the goals aspect of just kind of aligning everything um, from an execution standpoint. And then leadership is the fourth bucket. And this is, you know, strong leadership skills that help inspire set a vision for what marketing looks like in the organization and inspire the C-suite and your your peers around you to what that that vision looks like. And so, you know, there's kind of two parts, I think, to to doing the assessment. So part one is you do it for yourself, right? And you go through all four of these areas. The other one that's an interesting exercise then is to share this with your stakeholders and your your peers and to see what, you know, have them evaluate you and your marketing team. So that you can now get two sides of the same the same picture, um, because there are, you know, if if you've ever done any self assessments, we tend to overestimate our competencies and our abilities. And so, and this is this is true. You know, I've been doing running these assessments for companies, and I've found that the marketing team will rate themselves very high, ninety five percent. You know, ninety five out of a hundred, and then go ask the C suite to do it, and it, they'll be like sixty. 5% out of 100. And so there's some real misalignment. And maybe, maybe it's true what the marketing team is doing. It's just the leadership aspect. It has not been communicated back to the stakeholders. And so therefore, they they have the impression and the perception that um, marketing is not working on the right things. So it's really kind of this loop, this closed loop. And I I think it's just a great practice to see, you know, does your perception of yourself match up with the reality of how other people see you? And what happens if the perceptions are wildly off? Like, what is that panic stations? Do things need to be rectified pretty rapidly? Or is it more of a, okay, we're at this stage. Let's see what we can do about this. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the benefit of going through the assessment or having a third party help you go through the assessment because what you end up with is actually a roadmap uh, and a and a prioritization to say, okay, we are off on these certain things. Um, let's start tackling these and let's figure out what the most important things are. So, as an example, there was an assessment that I ran for a company, and and one of the um, the marketing team rated themselves very highly on. We know exactly who our ideal customer target is. We have a specific list of customer targets. You know, we have profiles, etc. The uh, the view from the leadership team was that yes marketing has a document full of personas but there are 30 plus personas in this document and marketing is working on this one thing 
And sales has a completely other separate different list of target accounts that they're going after. And so while marketing is thinking, yeah, we got this, we have, you know, 30 documented ideal customer profiles, the sales team is like, I don't know why they need that many. We're certainly not working on that and we're not using those. You know, we have four, four types that we're going after or three. And so there's just a misalignment there. So, so that could be an, you know, easy fix to say, wow, why do we have 30 and the sales team has three? Let's narrow this down and let's make sure that we're working on the right things. So a lot of these um, ahas, I would say these gaps can be workshopped. And some of them are easier fixes than others. A lot of it, frankly, um, boils down to a lack of communication between departments. And um, rather than like a glaring gap, hey, we've never thought about this thing, we've never done it or we've never attempted it. It's usually some type of miscommunication happening between departments. That's what I found. So when it comes to that kind of miscommunication, what are the what are the steps? Is it clearer visibility of data? Is it workshopping or is it, or is it more of like a cultural change even like within the company to sort of like get more of a, a shared ownership of, of projects? Yeah. Um, I think it's a really good question and it depends is the answer. Um, it, what I, I have found that it's a lot of, uh, differing personalities and also differing perceptions about what the role of marketing is. And, you know, when I when I work with marketing teams, I kind of always like to start there, which is what does the team perceive the role of marketing to be? And this is a really great thing that, you know, anybody can do just even in an anonymous survey, if you don't feel comfortable having these face-to-face conversations, is to say, um, what describe to me what you think marketing should be doing and what how marketing can help you. And it's it's critical to kind of listen to the language that the team is using when they reflect back on what their view of marketing is. And sometimes, I mean, I worked in um, financial services industry. The view of marketing there was definitely related to collateral because marketing is responsible for sending mandatory quarterly updates to all investors and to all um, advisors and, and kind of anybody who's investing in the in the portfolio. And so the view internally was that that's kind of the number one job of marketing is, is collateral. If I need collateral or if I need something sent out, that's the marketing department. So that's kind of one, one example. The other, um, I worked, I worked in a telecom organization where we did a lot of events and a lot of things were happening kind of one-on-one sponsorships and that kind of thing. So the viewpoint from the sales organization of marketing there was marketing does events. If we need a sponsorship or an event, we call marketing. So it's just a good uh, place to start to see like how does the business view the marketing organization and what what steps can you take to start to change some of those perceptions. And lately when I've been asking CEOs or, or CROs this, there's a lot that comes up about um, we expect marketing to be the experts in what our customers value and what they need and to help us grow the business because they're so tightly aligned with um, with customer understanding that they they can break through the clutter and and help us you know get into meetings close deals sell faster and you know so so some of that yes ends up becoming a workshop or it ends up becoming wow we have a skills gap on the team because nobody's really a customer expert or you know there's different di- different uh, outcomes potentially as to how you might solve some of those issues sure sure um 
I, I imagine it'll be very different from circumstance to circumstance um, as the nature of businesses they can be quite different they can look quite different and they can be function quite differently so moving on from that you mentioned CMO marketing teams and CMOs can often overestimate their abilities are there certain ways of approaching this exercise that you would advise to rip so that CMOs can remain objective and they're not like just digging themselves up needlessly. I mean, marketers at the end of the day, they like to market and they like to market themselves. So how do you stop yourself from doing that? Yeah, no, I, and I think that's, that, that's why it's a good practice, right? To get other people to weigh in on it. Um, I think, you know, the other thing probably to be aware of when going through the exercise is recency bias. So you may have just come off of a really great year or ran a really great campaign or, you know, had a really great meeting with with your stakeholders. And so then you go fill out the assessment and that's kind of what's top of mind is, you know, 100% all the way down, we're, we're on fire. Um, so I think it's just becoming mindful, right? And being really honest with yourself that, you know, do we really have this and has everybody bought into it? And, or is this something that, yes, I've done, but I've never shared it with anybody. So it's sitting on my computer and, you know, while, yeah, I can say, I feel confident that I've done something, um, maybe nobody knows about it, right? So it's being really mindful, I guess, of how you're, and, and honest about how you're answering these things and not overthinking it, right? Um, and especially if you're knowing that you're doing it for yourself and for self-reflection uh, and self-improvement, that when nobody's going to be reading it or looking at it besides you it's not being shared you know without your knowledge to your your stakeholders or your or your boss um then i think that people can be a little bit more honest with how they're how they're answering these things and um and really you know looking at the team and saying yes is our team actually really doing these things because i the the purpose to me you know just a little background i have I have worked for and seen several um, chief marketing officers and you know heads of marketing work themselves out of a job because they became so blindsided about what was happening around them, and they didn't do this piece, which I always you know think is is an extremely critical part of of the chief marketing officer role, which is you know internal stakeholder management, and part of that is. Yes, we do assessments of our team. Yes, I'm I'm not blindsided by gaps. I know we have gaps on our team. You know, yes, here's the actual plan that I'm putting in place. The worst case scenario is that you're not doing any of this work and that all of a sudden you're just completely blindsided by, you know, somebody that's brought in to help marketing uh, succeed. And meanwhile, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, we've been doing all of that. But, you know, you're not doing a, a great part of sort of that internal stakeholder management side. So this is just, you know, a way to get out in front of it, right? And for you to feel control and ownership of, of working on your improvement plan and the, the improvement plan of the team, because um, it really it's, it's just, it's up to marketing to kind of set the vision for the organization and what, what they want to um, achieve within the department and identifying the steps to get there. And this is just one tool to sort of help identify, um, real gaps and, and ways to to do that so you mentioned improvement there as being a big part of it but i imagine especially with everything that's going on with the economy and with marketing budgets at the moment for many companies i imagine this could quite easily turn into quite a negative exercise where it turns into oh we've got so much dead wood that needs to be cut 
how do you keep positive when you're self-assessing? I mean, obviously there might be some times when you do see issues and things that do need to be cut out, like your processes, your marketing tech stack, that kind of thing. But yep. at the end of the day, you are a leader and you are there to support your team as well. So how, how can you keep yourself thinking about this as a positive process, especially in light of everything that's going on with the economy? Yeah. I mean, I guess my mindset, um, around this kind of stuff is that you own your own growth and nobody can take that away from you. And so this is a way for you to get, you know, what's 1% better every single day. And we're going to focus on how we can get better. And I don't, you know, when I look at stuff like this, um, and I'm, I'm kind of like an admittedly like self-assessment junkie. I take all of the, uh, any quiz or any tool, if anybody has one, please send it to me. I'm happy to test it out or, or do it because I just, I love this kind of stuff. And for me, when I get the results, I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see that this is true. Right. And you know, some of this stuff is completely objective where it's, do you have this thing documented or not? It's a yes or a no, right? It's not, it's not meant to kind of beat you up, but it's saying, yeah, this is what successful people do. They do these following things. And if you want to be in that bucket and you want to, um, you know, get sort of out of the, uh, somebody else taking control over what, what you're focusing on, then these are the things that you should be working on. So it's just, I think it's a way to, um, to own your growth and your leadership, right. And to make your team feel empowered that they have control over, over some of these things. And, and I will say, and this is, this is sort of just, I'm going to show you the other side of it. When I talk to CEOs and chief revenue officers who are non-marketers, by the way, they're always, you know, coming from either an engineering background or a finance background, typically, or something a little bit more technical, they love this kind of stuff and they want marketing to own it, right? Nobody wants to, um, they don't have time to come up with the whole game plan and, and roadmap and playbook for the marketing organization. They want the head of marketing to come to them and say, here's the vision, here's where we're at today. Here's where we want to be. Here's the six steps that I've identified that are the biggest gaps that are going to help us move from here to there. And that is a very, um, that's like an ownership mentality, right? Because now you're responsible for you and your team's development and growth and kind of pushing things that way. And a lot of this, you know, people, going back to your point about budgets or focus or any of that, um, a lot of these things can are, are non-budget. It's not like, hey, we have to go send everybody to a, a training class. Um, that might be the case in, in some, some instances, but a lot of these things have to do with, you know, internal workshops and just playing, elevating to the, the seat that marketing should be, which is, you know, the orchestrator of everything. And so when you think of yourself as the orchestrator and trying to make things happen, um, you know, what are ways that you can do that? And not everything requires a budget. It's really just more maybe playing a different role, putting yourself in the shoes of um, of the orchestrator and, and kind of taking a different viewpoint of it. Definitely, Stacey. And I think thinking about the role along those lines as well, like it, it, it makes you think about marketing in a more strategic way and more business strate strategic way as well, because you're thinking about like, how is marketing going to improve all these different departments rather than just improving the marketing goals. You're thinking more about the business goals as a whole. 
And I suppose as well, when it comes to communicating the steps that you need to take in order to meet those goals, when you're talking to the CEO or the CRO, it's got to be very important to think about what are the terms that they're looking for? What is the language that they're looking for? And I think that's often one of the big issues that we find in the CMO role is that when the CMOs, marketers, they're not very good at explaining marketing stuff to non-marketers. So taking this kind of self-assessment role, mm -hmm. thinking very hard about how things relate to the different departments can be very effective in communicating what marketing needs from the rest of the business as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, how I would view this exercise is really an opportunity to build relationships across the C-suite. Because if you go to your head of, of finance and say, hey, I want you to honestly assess me and our team and kind of the information that you're getting from us, I think that that's a great tool to use to to start building that relationship and to say that, yes, I'm open to your feedback and I want your feedback and I want to help improve this working relationship. And so I think that's um, that's a really great point that that you can use something like this to to start, you know, getting um, a stronger relationship internally. Definitely, definitely. So Stacey, um, you covered sort of like the four main buckets earlier. Can, can we go into a bit more detail on sort of like what's, yeah. what was required of each of those steps and why they're so important? Yes, yes. So um, well, let's see here. I'm going to, I was just going to see if I could give you some, some specific stats that I have found. Um, you know, one that I love, marketing is viewed as a trusted advisor by our stakeholders. That's one of the questions that's on here. And this is, this is kind of under that leadership bucket. Um, 67% of people said, no, they're definitely not um, viewed as that. And so let's just, you know, that's where I kind of go back to that. The thing that I hear over and over is uh, I feel, you know, me or my team feel like they're order takers for the sales team. We're not invited to strategic conversations or meeting. Or, you know, people don't understand the value of marketing or the ROI or the impact that we're making. And so, you know, I guess for me, the goal would be, I want to start changing that. I, I want, I don't want our team to be seen as order takers. I wanted them to be seen as strategic, you know, partners and advisors to the business. And so this, you know, okay, great. Well, how do we, how do we start getting there? Um, and so, you know, again, these, these kind of four key areas that I talked about with, with regard to the mindset and competencies, um, a lot of it starts there. Right. And it's like, how do you, how does the team view themselves and their role within the organization? And it all kind of spills out from there. So, one of the key mindsets of a great marketer is being customer focused. And this is a complaint that I'm hearing a lot about lately from um, the C suite, where they say, I don't really think marketing understands our customer. I don't, to my knowledge, I don't know that they've interviewed them or have ever talked to them. They certainly haven't really been traveling with the sales team on on customer meetings or calls. And so there's a gap already right off the bat, right? Is our is our team um, customer focused? Well, they how can they be customer focused if they're sitting behind a computer screen all day, you know, trying to assume what the customer wants because they're reading review sites or scouring social media trying to see, you know, what people are are thinking. You know, that's kind of one lens, I guess, to look through it, but there's a whole bunch more that goes into um, really becoming a customer expert, which is, by the way, what the C-suite wants. 
they want marketing to sit at the table and to to be the expert in what's happening with the customer. Right now, because marketing's not doing that, they're relying on the sales team to do that. But the sales team, keep in mind, is is looking at a very short-term view of the customer. Here's what's going on with the customer and how it impacts me to my ability to close business this month versus long-term, here's what our customers need. Here's how certain technologies or um, the economic situation may be impacting their business, right? And so that's that's a big area, I think, for marketing to um, to start with is to look at that. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we're always told to put customer first, but how often are the CMOs actually speaking to their customers? How often are marketers actually speaking to the customers directly? It can be such a powerful tool taking that approach for sure. Mm-hmm. So Stacey, it uh, sounds like this is a very, very important thing for CMOs to be doing. Do you have any advice, any final advice in terms of like how to approach this in terms of like your mindset, how to remain open to this kind of process? Like how should CMOs be thinking about this in a positive way? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think anybody who is in a CMO role has, has made it because they're demonstrating leadership skills. Right. And so one of the, the great, I guess, skills of a leader is to, um, to be open and to be honest, right. In, in, open and honest to improvement and to, to self-development and, and getting everybody kind of motivated and inspired to, to follow your vision and take the next step. So, you know, I would say, put your leadership hat on and that this is a really great opportunity to model that behavior that you want to see in your team, that you want everybody to own their own development. And, and by the way, this is what people want, right? These, this is what your employees want. They want opportunities to grow in their role or to um, enhance their skills. And this is just kind of step one to say, rather than I think the approach that some companies have taken is, hey, we assume that you know where your gaps are. Go find a class or go find a training, you know, on your own and then come back and I'll see if we approve it. This is a, a little bit more uh, structured approach to that where you are looking at it more holistically as a team to say there are specific strengths on the team and specific, you know, areas of development on the team. And let's let people who are... Um, who are already demonstrating demonstrating strengths continue to develop those while if we have if we have weaknesses and nobody likes to do certain things like a big one is always around um, evaluation right evaluating marketing activity putting together roi models you know communicating this back to finance and it's really somebody that has almost straddles between sort of a finance brain and the marketing brain um and if that's a real gap that might be an opportunity that means where you need to hire somebody that's very specifically oriented toward that skill or, you know, find, find a training opportunity for somebody on the team. Maybe they're, you know, two steps there, but they need to go all the way to five steps. And so helping them, this is kind of just an opportunity, I think, to help identify those really specific opportunities for, for development um, in a way that's going to benefit not only the individual on your team, but also the whole collective uh, the whole collective marketing team. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Stacey, for joining us today. I, I've really enjoyed this uh, this discussion. It sounds like it's going to be a very useful, um, very useful exercise for many of our audience moving forward. So thank you very much for joining us today. Yes, thank you. And I will um, share a link to the 
the scorecard, I think, or you can Google it. It's confident marketer scorecard. And there's, we, we have a team version and then an individual version so that you can kind of play around with both and, and assess not only yourself, but also look at the collective team. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Stacey. And thank you very much to our audience as well. I'm sure you found this conversation very, very useful and very, very enlightening. We'll be back soon with some more CMO combos. Like what you heard from this CMO combo? Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was. 